When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another romp into the world of aquariums from our hopefully unique point of view. You know, today I want to bring up a topic that I think is something we need to talk about more in the hobby, um, or at least those of us who are already in the hobby. Now, it might be a little bit negative to some of you, and I hope you don't receive it that way. I hope we use it as a point of starting a discussion. Now, one of the nice things about being in the aquatics industry on a full-time basis is the exposure you have to a lot of different people, ideas, and information, all in real time. And sometimes it's nice to reflect on what you see and sort of ferret out a few nuggets of wisdom from it all. And sometimes you can learn about what not to do as you observe and interact with people in the hobby and industry just as easily as you can learn about what to do. Okay, at the bit of sounding, the risk of sounding a bit negative, I get it. I'm pondering, you know, on a few things that have been in my mind lately about the hobby and industry. And this, of course, usually leads to either a really good discussion or just a sound thrashing of you. Uh, so it's one of those things you always take a risk on. So this should be fun. It's an ugly effing dose of reality, courtesy of me, Mr. Sunshine, to brighten up your Friday. Now, really, there are a lot of articles and blogs and tips on how to succeed on this or that in the hobby, which is awesome. I've written a bunch myself, and they have their place for sure. But those of us who've been in the hobby and industry for a while have seen a lot of, well, for want of a better term, the dark side of the aquarium hobby and industry. We've seen all kinds of hobbyists, businesses, and ideas come and go. And after a while, you get a distinct feeling that you know what works and what doesn't, right? You can kind of see when the proverbial train is headed for the washed out bridge ahead or the ship is staring into the rocks, if you will. So we need to talk about ways you can fail in the hobby. Seriously. Now today, in the hope that we can all learn about what does not work, I give you some examples of ways to fail in the aquarium hobby. And this is really less geared towards you, the more advanced hobbyist or the local fish store person or business owner, and more towards creating a discussion track for you to run on when dealing with someone who is completely new to the hobby or perhaps even a you know more experienced hobbyist who is, well, a bit misled. It's kind of our collective responsibility as advanced hobbyists, industry types, and just good stewards of the aquarium world to look at the absurdity of some of this stuff so that we can prevent others from making these horrible mistakes which cost the lives of precious fish and a big waste of time and money for a lot of people and disappointment. Here's my top five. You'll no doubt have many, many more, but this is a start. Number one, one of the things you can do to fail, jump in without doing research. Yeah, seriously, the aquarium hobby as we know it has only been around for like, what, a hundred years or so. Now, the tenets of basic aquarium husbandry are still wide open for the foolhardy to go and dismiss, right? Examples? Well, you know, don't worry about mixing fishes from different environmental conditions together. Calling your aquarium uh, a community tank somehow negates all of the potential downside of mixing incompatible fishes. We've seen this hundreds of times and many, many sad outcomes that have arisen from a result of, you know, this the failure and the deaths of fishes and results often in the end of the hobby experience for many people or how about this one the idea that fishes will somehow grow to the size of their aquarium and adapt just fine to smaller tanks 
uh, you know, I'll get a larger tank down the line. If I had a dollar for every time I heard that one, yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's a lot of these little myths. This justification has led to the cruel demise of many fishes over the decades. Not good. Here's idea number two. Believing that this or that product will relieve you of the need to obey basic aquarium husbandry principles. Yeah, really. If you use this additive or employ this filter media, there's no need for water changes ever. Feeding this food will prevent fish diseases. Botanicals will lower your pH, soften your water, and give you instant Orinoco conditions effortlessly. Or using this electronic controller means you'll never have to monitor water chemistry again. Just spending the money on X automatically grants you a special exemption from the aquarium gods and gives you special status whereby you can dismiss all the rules and achieve success with minimal attention and effort. You know, I read on the internet about this guy who... Ugh. Seriously, I see this one a lot on both sides of the salinity line. We saw this a lot in the reef aquarium world, and I'm seeing it more and more in the specialized niches that I like to operate in, in the freshwater world. Some people just don't want the, you know, to do the work. They just want the end product of a fantastic aquarium without any of the work involved or any of the underlying experience and knowledge. Thank goodness there are tons of great aquarium maintenance services out there. Number three. Accelerating the timeline when establishing a new aquarium. This is a big one. You know, oh, the kids want to see fish in the tank by the by six o'clock tonight for the party. I'll start with a few fish, like a dozen neons, six tiger barbs, a few algae eaters. You know, gotta have those. We've all seen and heard the various claims out there. Today's modern filters and you know additives and gadgets will help you succeed despite having any knowledge of what you're doing. The nitrogen cycle is instantly established, and your aquarium can achieve biological balance in a day with this stuff. Regrettably, marketing hyperbole, when taken out of context, can give the newbie the completely wrong impression of the capabilities and the applications of a product. Much like certain TV reality shows, which fail to highlight all the underlying steps required that went into the project to achieve, you know, point C, and, you know, right? You just think it's instant reveal. Sad, something we have to think about is expectation management. Number four, continuing at full speed even when stuff is going wrong and animals are dying. Now, this is one I've seen a lot on the reef side of the trade back in my um, coral um, days. A customer would buy a bunch of livestock, experience horrific losses, and that's generally due to a complete disregard, intentional or otherwise, of a properly established nitrogen cycle. They'll conclude without you know, any real research that the losses were due to bad fish or coral, and then continue to the next you know, local fish store, or online vendor, or breeder, or whatever, grab another bunch of animals to replace the ones that died. And guess what happens again? After the second inevitable disaster ensues, some call uncle and just quit. Maybe, just maybe, they might make the effort to figure out why. And to those who persist, continue to kill fish, buy and misapply products and equipment to solve the problem, they typically leave the hobby soon after that and conclude that quality control in the industry makes it impossible to succeed. Those who take time out and study and talk and listen to experienced hobbyists generally succeed. The other one, number five, don't share your experiences. Really, keep them secret. There's nothing anyone else can learn from you. Or you figured out this information after years of triumph and tragedy, so you're just not going to give it away. It's proprietary in nature, and others should learn the way you did by the sweat of their brow. Be grumpy and lock yourself in your secrets in your fish room away from the unworthy denizens of the larger aquarium world. Because that's helpful, right? Don't be a jerk. That's, that's for us, the experienced people. I see a lot of people like that. There's a mystery. They want to throw out tidbits as if they're going to somehow, I don't know what, monetize it or 
hold it against the hobby or one day they're going to come up and just crush the hobby with their brilliance. I, I don't know what the reason that people do that is, but it doesn't make any sense in this interconnected world that we're in. And those are just five things. I've literally just scratched the surface here. There's probably thousands of ways to fail in the hobby, and I've just touched on a few. I know there's hundreds of ways to fail just with botanicals and stuff. The real important takeaway of this semi-sarcastic romp I just took is for those of us in a position to help to see the signs and know what to do. And of course, I have advice for those of us on the other side of the counter or monitor as the case may be. I think it's imperative that we encourage anyone who enters the hobby to do the research before they leap into things. Honestly, even though someone coming into your shop or your online store, you know, maybe completely green but eager to drop money, they should really leave with a little more than information or, or a book at least before they purchase anything. Really, I know this seems insane, quaint, maybe even a Pollyanna-ish and perhaps a bit unrealistic. But is it really that bad to slow people down? A half hour of indoctrination sessions in the local fish store is just that half hour of indoctrination. It takes much more for the beginner to grasp what really is going on, but it's a start, right? And yeah, it seems fantasy land to take on this attitude when the internet beckons and the competition is fierce. But I ask you, wouldn't you rather send somebody back home with information first and gain a long-term customer rather than just grab the quick and easy sale? Don't you think that someone who is successful in the hobby because you took the time to work with them and listen to them answer their questions will refer their friends to you? I do. I know many successful fish stores and online vendors have used this education indoctrination approach and have achieved really great success with this. It's really important now more than ever when information is so easily obtainable to steer people in the right direction, to steer them to information sources, to get them to think on their own. I've literally told people who reached out to me to hold off trying to use botanicals until they familiarize themselves with the whole game. I mean, I can typically detect these people pretty easily because they'll ask the most basic questions that are certain tells. And they generally reveal, A, that they're brand new to the aquarium hobby and have no clue about any of this stuff. And B, they haven't even bothered to read the information that we have on our website about the product and processes. And, you know, like, how do I make a blackwater aquarium? This stuff's cool. Where do I start? Like, we have thousands of articles and pages written on this stuff. There's information all over the internet. If you don't have the most basic understanding about something, no matter how enthusiastic you are, you have to, you have to learn. These are red flags. I mean, I love enthusiasm, and you have to pull the trigger and jump at some point. But there's an ethical responsibility, I feel, that I have to tell them to hit the brakes. And I admit it doesn't always go well. Some people don't like it, not one bit. Such is life, right? You can't please everyone. Here's another one for us. Don't always solve a problem with products. And I, again, not, most of us are not guilty of this, but sometimes being in the business, we tend to think in terms of a quick solution. I think that many problems are created by very basic mistakes and simply throwing money on the problem isn't really a solution. Rather, it's a Band-Aid. You know, by taking the time to explain to the newbie just what it was that caused the issue in the first place and how to prevent it, I think you'll be doing a lot more. Knowing the cause, the effects, and the preventative and corrective measures to take is far better than simply buying, you know, this or that product as a solution. And over the years, you'll sell far more products to a successful hobbyist than you will to somebody when you're just doing a quick fix. You know that. And of course, there are situations where the need for a quick fix is warranted. You know, just, just think through the, the bigger picture here. The other thing is to preach patience to any new hobbyist. It's the single most important factor in their success, in my opinion. And I, I get it. A lot of people just don't have it. In today's world, we want instant results. It's hard. But I think if you can get hobbyists to understand just how things work in an aquarium and why things are done a certain way, it might make some sense to them. 
If you explain to them that aquariums being natural systems are affected by the same laws of nature that occur in the wild and that grasping stuff like the nitrogen cycle, fish compatibility, environmental requirements and all that stuff will give them a greater understanding of what's going on and how to recognize for themselves in the future when something is going wrong or right, it's a better long-term strategy. Above all, encourage sharing of information at all levels in the hobby. With the internet, there's never been a better time to learn about the hobby. People like me sit on a couch and do a blog and then talk about it and get it out to thousands of people all over the world and I can get instant feedback. I I love that. It's an amazing time. To keep information that can help others accomplish things and solve problems in the hobby isn't just uncool. It's a tragedy and it can have far-reaching consequences. Especially in this era where where the hobby and the industry face all these external pressures from truly ill-informed you know, environmentalists and other nature advocates who would just assume lump aquarists in with loggers, oil producers, and blast fishermen. We need to have a louder voice. The hobby's ours to share, to protect, to preserve, and to pass on to our children. So in conclusion, we should all learn to recognize the sign of a hobbyist who's headed in the wrong direction, not just because it's the honorable thing to do for them, but because of the greater good in the hobby and to the environment that is served when we take the time to prevent them from failing. I'm sure you'll have many other ideas and thoughts on this topic, but I think it's something that's important that every now and again we have to address. Sometimes it's not pretty. Sometimes it's not exactly the way we want to talk about it. But I think we need to hold ourselves to higher standards. Until next time, I leave you with that simple thought. Stay focused, stay concerned, and always stay wet. This is Scott Feldman. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you next time on the next installment of The Tint. Mm-hmm.